Office podcast, a mashup of my favorite TV show and mental health. Today's topic, feel, deal, and heal. It's pretty simple, guys. Well, that's easy for you to say. You're right, Michael. Much easier said than done. But listen, let's talk about how emotions work for a minute. Sometimes emotions make us feel bad. Little Andy is afraid. Or usually it's how we feel about feeling our emotions. Scared? No, I don't like that. In despair? Yikes. Jealous? Hey, you know who you should be jealous of? Yourself. So sometimes we stuff these emotions. We don't want to feel them, so we do everything we can to avoid them. But emotions are like tunnels. The best way out is through, and they don't last forever. It's going to be much better if you just go through the tunnel and feel, deal, and heal. But sometimes the tunnel is too hard. That's what she said. And so we numb. What is numbing? Numbing is all the things we do to avoid feeling our feelings. Eat, sleep, drink, do drugs. Do you think that smoking drugs is cool? Sex, work too much, over-exercise, gamble, mindlessly scroll the phone. And yes, friends, watching too much TV. Even watching The Office too much. Oh, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Okay, before you turn this off, let's back up a little bit. Is there a difference between unwinding with your favorite TV show and numbing? Yes, I think so. You have to ask yourself, how will I notice when I'm numbing? When I watch The Office on my lunch break or put it on while I organize my room or watch after work because I need a laugh, that is not numbing for me. But there was a time when as soon as I could, I would put on my sweats, get in my bed, and watch The Office for hours and fall asleep to it and just repeat that pattern night after night after night. Hey, all right, enough of the jokes. Nobody in here is suffering from depression. So you have to ask yourself, what does numbing look like for me? Do you know when you do it? Do you know why you're doing it? Once you get to the bottom of what you're trying to avoid, the better you'll feel. However, I will say that numbing has a purpose. It can really help us. Like, say your old boss got his kappa detated from his body because he was drunk as a skunk flying down Route 6, and he slid under an 18-wheeler and pop, his head snapped right off. You would probably have some pretty big feelings about that. Feelings so big that you couldn't deal with feeling them, so you'd need to numb for a little bit. The problem is when numbing becomes a habit or it becomes our only way of dealing. Author Karen Salmonson says it really eloquently when she says, pain is your evolutionary buddy, serving as a life wake-up call and motivating you to evolve into your highest potential self. Everyone is experiencing an incredible amount of emotional pain, especially me because of my great capacity for emotion. Healing our pain by feeling it and dealing with it allows us to feel unstuck and lets us get on with things. Feeling pain or anything we don't like can just be a clue to what we need to do next. Salmonson goes on to relate the story of author Joan Didion, who in her memoir, The Year of Magical Thinking, writes about her husband's sudden death and how she initially copes with the shock of it by numbing and using what she calls magical thinking. Things like never reading his obituary because it would be a betrayal, 
and just acting as if he might come back at any time as a way of shielding herself from the pain. But eventually, however, Joan discovered what we all need to discover. When it comes to emotional pain, you can run, but you can't hide. He's running, he's running, he's running, but he can't hide. One of my best tips to get out of the cycle of numbing, keep a journal. Please see the previous episode, Journaling, How to Keep Secrets from Your Computer, for journaling tips. According to coach and author Andrea Owen from her book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness. She says, when we numb, we walk away from ourselves. The bottom line is that we're walking away from our humanity, from the expectations we can't live up to, to the stories we make up about how life should be, from the speed at which we think we should be able to deal with this shit to the approval that deep down we seek from everyone. Because to sit in all that, to sit with our flawed humanity, is uncomfortable and uncertain and scary. But that's all we have, and that's our solution. In her book, Owen shares eight steps on how to get through the emotional tunnel or how to process. The first step is name the feeling. I recommend you use a feeling wheel chart if you need. I recently posted one on Instagram. The circle chart starts with our six main emotions in the middle, anger, fear, sadness, disgust, happiness, and surprise. Then from each of those, it branches out. Under sadness is listed guilt, abandonment, despair, depression, loneliness, and boredom. And each of those words also has two words that branch out. It can really help when we have a word for what we feel. Sometimes in English, we don't even have words to describe what we're feeling. Sometimes foreign words can really help capture what we're feeling when there's not a word in English. For example, Zainzucht in German. It translates as longing, pining, yearning, or craving. Some psychologists use this word to represent thoughts and feelings about all facets of life that are unfinished or imperfect, paired with a yearning for ideal alternative experiences. Another great German word that captures a lot, Perfektenschlag. Just to be clear, there is a second definition, perfect pork anus, which I don't mean. Owen's step number two is carve out time to feel. Make it part of your routine. Owen calls this controlled emoting. Find a time that fits into your schedule. We're back on the fifth. Should we just do it then? Not do it then. Monthly dental appointment. Soft teeth. What about February 2nd? Uh, would you want to do it on Groundhog Day? No, no. I celebrate privately. That's right. Um, why don't we just do it now? Step three. Accept that the experience may be confusing. I get confused. I totally get confused. We have to remind ourselves there are no good or bad feelings. Feelings just are, and that's okay. Feelings are not linear or orderly, and if we're used to stuffing them, it may be really uncomfortable at first, but keep going. Step number four, acknowledge that your feelings are worthy. Owen writes, what I do know for sure is that stuffing down those feelings because you think they aren't worthy of being felt is choking you, keeping you small, folding you into a box, and that serves no one, especially not you. Do you think you're easing other people's suffering by ignoring your own? You're not. It serves no purpose. 
What you are accomplishing is diminishing your soul, holding yourself back from love, expansion, growth, and happiness. As a therapist, many, many times I have heard clients say that their pain or their grief, etc., isn't worthy because someone else has it worse. But your pain does not take away from anyone else's pain. And if there is pain there for you, denying it doesn't serve you or anyone else. Step number five, notice if you're taking on other people's feelings. Sometimes others are well-intentioned when they tell us, oh, don't feel that way, but you don't need to fake feeling or not feeling something because of someone else. Also, emotional boundaries. You have no sense of boundaries. Shut up, Oscar. Emotional boundaries are what divides your thoughts and feelings from those of other people, and these boundaries are necessary in all relationships. Step six, get curious about your feelings. One of the best things we can extend to ourselves and others is curiosity. Say to yourself, self, I notice you are jealous when we see her pictures on Instagram. I'm curious why you're feeling this way. Approach yourself with curiosity, not judgment. It's going to feel a lot better. Step seven, talk about your feelings. There is power in saying things out loud, even to yourself. Or if you're unsure of your feelings, find a therapist to talk to you. They will love to help you dive into the language of feeling. Step number eight, learn to trust your feelings and yourself. You are the authority on your life. If you've spent time ignoring your feelings, this may be difficult to learn and trust again. Doing inner child work with a therapist or spending time journaling on this can be really helpful. What is inner child work, you may be asking? When my mother was pregnant with me, they did an ultrasound and found she was having twins. When they did another ultrasound, a few weeks later, they discovered that I had resorbed the other fetus. Do I regret this? No. I believe his tissues made me stronger. I now have the strength of a grown man and a little baby. No, not like that. More to come on inner child work in future episodes. To sum up, stuffing or numbing feelings is bad. Feeling feelings is good. We could probably all learn some lessons from Michael, who never seems to stuff. Like anything. Actually, he always seems to say exactly what he's thinking or feeling. Wow, you were very exotic looking. Was your dad a GI or a... You were the worst! I hate looking at your face! Did somebody order a hooker over here? Okay, but balance. We can find balance in letting our true emotions be present without reaching Michael Scott level of saying everything we are thinking. How do you find balance? DM me your thoughts and I'll share on the show. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Lara Perry, LCSW. All clips from this episode belong to NBC. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and share. The losers in HR require me to say that this podcast does not constitute therapeutic advice. Please join our community on Instagram, the.office.podcast. Send me your stories and questions about the office and mental health.